Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 374 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, my guest is Kristen. Kristen is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes. She's also an educator. So we get to talk a little bit about how she does things with her son and a little bit about how she's feeling and what she's expecting as she goes back to school in the midst of COVID-19. This one's got a little something for everybody. Please remember as you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If the Juicebox podcast has been valuable in your life, please consider taking a moment to share it with someone else. You could do that any way you want, and I would be grateful. Are you looking for a way to share the pro tip episodes from the podcast with someone else? Diabetesprotip.com. Need a great endocrinologist or have one to share? Juiceboxdocs.com. You can support the podcast while supporting type 1 diabetes research by going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and doing the T1D Exchange survey. You might even consider checking out the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Or maybe you want to get yourself a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. You could do that at myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. My name is Kristen and um, I live in Virginia. I guess we'll start by saying that in your email, I guess I must have said something on the podcast at some point that made you realize that Arden was diagnosed at the same hospital that your child was. Is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. Ah, that's interesting. Cause I don't live yeah. in Virginia. I'm sorry. I said, that's interesting because you know, I don't live in Virginia and I never have. <laughs> we were- um, so what I was gleaning from when I uh, listened to one of your first um, podcasts or was reading um, on the site was that you guys were on vacation and then the nearest children's hospital was, um, I think you guys, you said you all were in the Outer Banks or something. Um, and then the closest children's hospital was um, King's Daughter. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name yeah, or not. Yeah, King's Daughter, right? Is that is that the name? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, CHKD. It's a long time ago. And then um, you were talking about some of the doctors and then um, one, of, um, one of the names came up. Um, are you still there? I am. I'm listening. Do okay. people not Sorry, listen to you my in your screen personal did life? something weird. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I just figured maybe you um, have a lot of kids and you're not accustomed to being listened to. You're like, there's so much quiet. What's happening? <laughs> that, well, that too. You mentioned something about one of the doctor's last names and it was in the same group, um, a doctor that's been there forever. Yeah. And and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the same people that, that we used. And um, so, yeah. But we love them, love them. And I think the, oh, I can't remember. I, we only have, um, we have Dr. Jerisco is the doc, the main doctor that we see. Okay. And then the the um, diabetes educator, uh, her name is Debbie Miles. Uh, those were the main two that we worked with. Right. But I know there was like a uh, Rife Schneider or something. Um, and then there was a couple other doctors in there that we've you know heard of. 
or had like a, you know, a wave down the hallway or something like that when my son got diagnosed. We were, we were in Virginia beach on like a little vacation with family. And we were driving towards like the first hospital that my navigation system told us about. And keep in mind what that means. There was a navigation system in my car in 2006, which is not like (laughs) not like Apple Maps popping up and being like, do you want to stop at Wawa on your way? Like it, you know, it wasn't quite that fancy, (laughs) but we're driving to the to the hospital. And I called Adam, who some people might recognize as the doctor who came on and talked about coronavirus a couple of times, who's, you know, Arden's pediatrician and my son's pediatrician. And I was like, I'm going to this hospital. Arden has diabetes. And, you know, it, it's like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm sure he was like, oh you're out of your mind. Like, you know, I'm sure is what he was thinking. But I started really describing it to him. And, of course, we had done a finger stick. And so he's like, oh, yeah, you got to go. And I was like, right. And then he jumped online and found, he's like, I think you should reroute to this other hospital. So we just changed course and went there. Oh, okay. And that's how we ended up there. And, you know, obviously a really good uh, diabetes center within that hospital. Um, yes. But, you know, as as to whether or not, it's funny, I ask people all the time about their diagnosis. Like, how was it in the hospital? Like, you know, what was your experience? And if I thought about my experience, my experience was I cried and I was confused. <laughs> you know? Uh, yep. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> we can to deal with it again. I apologize. Kristen, <laughs> is it work? Are you a teacher? I am a teacher. Yeah, okay. we uh, we're in our pre-service days, so the days that we hang out and get ready um, right now. Well, maybe so, um, so there's no students yeah. in the building. <laughs> there are no students here yet. We will start the day after Labor Day, um, but we're not even going to have kids then. I'm a fourth grade teacher, and the way our um, city's rolling everything out is kindergarten through third grade will start, um, on a hybrid schedule. So like every other day, flip flop thing, mm-hmm. um, next week and fourth and fifth grade and up will, um, gradually be released back into the schools on hybrid schedules later. They want to see how it goes, number of cases and all that good stuff, how it goes. So, so people won't hear this right away. So make your prediction. Like, how's this going to go? Oh my gosh. <laughs> So um, we've been talking, uh, there's eight teachers on our grade level. So we've, we've all been talking about how things are going to work out. And um, I personally um, think it's probably going to at least be the first nine weeks, first quarter. Um, so probably November. Um, we're a really teeny little town. Um, I'm, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't mind sharing where I am. I'm in Pocosin. And so it's a little small town. Um, there's only like 12,000 people and, um, we've only had like 50 cases <laughs> the entire time. Right. So, um, it's either they're all going to get together and school's going to start and the cases are going to go crazy and then they'll have to, you know, lock it down and we're all virtual or we'll have to, or we'll start and the kids will continue to be asymptomatic and nobody will know and they'll start releasing them in. So I can't wait. I think one person's <laughs> going to get tested positive. Everyone's going to freak out and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> Pretty much. We've been told if um, somebody gets tested then, or if they test positive, then it's like between two and five days of um, sanitizing the school. And, you know, then you got to look at who's in the room and um, who's part of the classes. So um, yeah, it's definitely going to be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, that is something there's, um, my wife's a big proponent of the idea of putting people together in smaller groups and keeping them together. Um, mm-hmm. I think those are 
I'm going to use a word and get it wrong. Like, I feel like it's called a cohort, but, um, Uh but she's just, she's like, she's such a big uh, proponent of that being a way to do things like this. So I don't know. I guess you're going to find out. I'm just, uh, I'm, I, I, all I can tell you (laughs) is that this summer Cole played in a, like a collegiate baseball league. Mm -hmm. I was at a game one day and he hit home run, which was very fun. And I, and I walked and I got the ball. So um, I picked the ball up and I, I stuck it in my pocket and I uh, got back to where I was sitting and I threw it. I think I like threw it on top of my cooler or something like that. And like four days later, he said, hey, our game got canceled today. I said, why? Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, some kid we played last you know week has Corona. And he's like, oh, so they're, they're canceling our game and the other team that we played. And I was like, oh, do you know what kid? He goes, oh, I'll find out. So he comes back. He goes, hey, remember that home run I hit? I said, yeah. He goes, it was the pitcher. I was, oh no! And I'm like, so are you telling me that this Corona boy was touching this baseball? Oh no! He threw it towards you. You struck it, and 400 feet later, I picked it up, and that's that's it. And he goes, yeah. I said, well, I don't seem to have coronavirus. So I said, I guess we're okay. But but I brought the. It freaked me out for a second because I brought the ball home, and and as I was coming through the house. I, I stuck it back in one of my in a bag and it ended up in my bedroom and I literally like stuck it on top of the tissue box next to my bedside. <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone who's wondering oh. how things spread, I took Corona baseball and jammed it on tissues that I later rubbed all over oh, my face no. and nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just get everybody let everybody have it and call today, right? And Kristen, I'll tell you right <laughs> now, if you asked me if I was being careful, I would have said absolutely I was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're outside. Of course, you can't get it. I outside. was outside. I was no, nowhere near anybody. I wore oh. a mask when I went into the restroom. I, I was completely careful, except when I touched the Corona baseball and then jammed it on my tissues. Other than that, I was completely safe. So just everyone remember <laughs> that when you're like, I'm being careful. You're an idiot. So am I. And we all are. And nobody's being careful. Uh, you're being yeah, as careful as you being. can be. You know, <laughs> that's really interesting. Well, is your child um, school age for your school? He is actually. Um so uh, his name is Caleb, and he will be starting kindergarten this year. Oh. What a year to start kindergarten. Um, and he will, um, we chose the hybrid option for him. So the, there was two options. You could do hybrid where you go to school every other day, or you could do virtual where you just stay home and hang out on a computer. Yeah. And um, he is five years old and crazy and loves people and loves being out and about. And he really, really needs school. So, um, he will start, um, we don't know, he'll be in school two days a week. And, um, so he'll go, uh, to the local primary school here and, um, hang out with other kindergartners, other little, you know, germy kids. Oh yeah. They're disgusting. And then, (laughs) (laughs) um, and then he'll be, um, hanging out with mom at work for three days a week. Um, while I do virtual teaching and he does virtual online. Okay. So two things. One, yeah. I just decided I'm putting this up now because of the relevance and timing. And t- and two, yeah. so by the way, you just jumped ahead of like 30 recordings. People are going to be very angry at you. Uh, but um, uh, <laughs> oh but, well. <laughs> but unless you really botched the rest of this, and I'm just like, uh oh, she fell apart at the end. Uh, <laughs> but my my question is is what's the um two questions actually? I guess what's the idea of limited days is it he's there two days and a group of other kids is there two other days yes it's all about the size of the classrooms um so we have um again our town's really small and so we only have we have four schools total we have one primary one elementary one middle one high school 
And um, so what they can do by having, they'll have A days and B days. So A days go like Mondays and Thursdays, and then B days go Tuesdays, Fridays. And um, that way they can sanitize in between. Um, and then we get Wednesdays as a teacher work day just to collaborate, really get a good sanitizing in there. Um, and then the kids, that way the kids aren't missing super extended amount of days um, without school. And um, that way they can have no more than 12 kids in a room at a time. They figured out that 12 kids is like the max number that they can have in a room space six feet apart and in their own little desk bubble um, in the classroom. What are the chances as an educator, in your opinion, that five-year-olds will stay spaced apart? Um, I fully expect that um, if he doesn't, <laughs> um, I mean, he's really good about wearing a mask. And um, that is a rule is the kids are supposed to be wearing masks. But I mean, recess, forget it. They're going to they're going to do their thing. Um, they are eating lunch in the classrooms. And so they are going to be stuck at their desks eating lunch. Um, same thing throughout any other classroom that's in. And um, so I think they're going to try their best, but I think recess is where they're going to fall apart. Um, that's not as regulated as PE, but we don't even know what recess looks like yet. So well, let me um, suggest, the bus is, let sorry, me, let me, no, no, let me suggest you take two ropes and a six foot long stick. Now, here you go. You tie one yeah. end of the stick to one rope and the other end of the stick to another rope. And then you tie the ropes around the kid's waist so they can run <laughs> about, but they can't quite get close to each other. And then I you know. Continue to do that like a honeycomb pattern and set all the kids in that situation. Then they can just kind of move like a like a, a bird, like a group of birds. What is it called? A flock. They can move in yep. a flock. I can't believe I couldn't think of flock. I was in the middle of an absolute ridiculous idea, and then I lost flock and ruined my flow. That was flocking difficult. So you just move it around like that, and then they'd be fine. I don't know who's going to untie them or tie them back up. Um, that person will probably have to be. I don't know, euthanized, I guess, right after they, after they help the kids. Yeah. It, so I'm not making light of it because I don't believe in being safe. I'm just trying mm -hmm. to say that I think that the nature of man is going to take over at some point. And I think th the opposite of someone's going to get sick and everybody panics is no one gets sick. And inside of two weeks, everybody's like, ah, screw these rules. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So this is going to be quite a little experiment. How do you feel about Caleb and his type one being in this experiment? So um, we, I will say we really trust our doctors, um, his pediatrician, his endocrinologist, everybody we've spoken to. I mean, listening to your podcasts and reading and stuff, everybody has said they're no more susceptible um, than any other kid. Mm -hmm. um, we, my husband and I are kind of old school We're, I mean, we say this and unless something major happens, but, um, we're kind of under the, the idea that you got to live life. He's got to get out there. He has not been able to go and he doesn't get to go play over other kids' houses and, you know, mommy just drop him off and, and drive away because of his situation. Mm -hmm. And, um, so he needs that interaction and it's a safe place. He's got a nurse and I'm right down the road. And, um, so we kind of feel like the benefits of being in school and around other kids outweigh the chances of him getting sick. And my husband and I are really particular, um, on watching his numbers. He's got the Omnipod, he's got the Dexcom, all that good stuff. We have an excellent nurse. Um, so we're, we're hoping that we can be a good team and just rally around him and, 
he's going to do whatever he's going to do because he's going to love life and enjoy his time. And he's so excited about school and all the adults will do all the worrying and the background kind of prep. Hold on one second. Whoever's knocking, I'm recording. It's very likely my son who wants me to make him breakfast. I guarantee you that's what that was. He's 20 years old. He's like, can you get me some eggs together? <laughs> He's in between classes right now. He's in his, okay. in his bedroom uh, getting a quantitative economics degree in my in my house. Ugh. So um, that's exciting. And Tuesdays, which today is, Ugh. are his uh, – his like he's got like three classes pretty much stacked on each other through the middle of the day here um i don't miss college days no yeah um (laughs) so it's funny because everything you just said Mm -hmm. i can i can easily find myself agreeing with right like about going Mm -hmm. back to school i I absolutely can i'm i'm not even like it's not like you said one thing that i completely disagree with and i'm just being you know amenable um i really can find myself agreeing with everything you just said and at the same time we have the ability because right now Kelly's working from home because of Corona and they're not making her go back anytime soon. And I obviously do what I do, you know, from my house. And Mm -hmm. so when the option came up for the school, um, you know, would you like to go back or would you like to stay home? And we said to Arden, let's first, I guess, figure out what she wants to do. So we got her aside and they said, Hey, look, they're giving you the option. What do you think? You know, we like to give her the, um, like the illusion that we're, like taking her opinion into account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Letting her pick. Like if she said something crazy, we would just be like, oh, well, if that's what you think, sure. We just shut that down in two seconds. But we were like, you know, what do you think? And she didn't hesitate. She said, I could stay home again. And I was like, yeah. She goes, oh, I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why? She goes, so much easier. I get to sleep later. I don't have to get dressed in the morning. She's like, this makes a ton of sense to me. Plus, you know, it just it's better for me and i was like how's it better she's like i don't have to get up early and i was like gotcha that was really i think the the real crux of her decision making <laughs> process and yeah. i said so we said well what about people and she goes yeah i don't know i don't need people yeah it'll be all right <laughs> she goes i like, and she has a, a a circle of friends mm-hmm. that is interesting because they don't particularly have a second circle so it's not like these six girls leave each other and then each of them has five other friends do you know what i mean like it's just, they just stay yeah. together really and so they've had some interactions and you know, like gone like they're all starting to get their permits now so they're driving you know and picking each other up for things and you know stupid stuff like that. i'm going for a lot of rides with little girls is basically what i'm telling you which <laughs> sounds terrible oh, but fine. isn't how i met it yeah and um it's just me and a bunch of little girls in a car usually. And uh but but don't worry, I let them drive. And you know, and and it's very simplified. They'll come over to the house a little bit, a couple of them, they'll sit outside, light a fire at night, or watch a movie outside or something like that. And it's there none of them are going back to school. They all were just like, No, no, thanks. Like we'll just stay here. So everybody makes this decision. Two weeks pass and the school pops up and goes, hey, you know what? We're not gonna let the kids go back to school anyway. So all that, oh. yeah, <laughs> all that for nothing, right? Just like they just, they did a 180 in two seconds. They're like, no, forget it. I think they're letting like the really little kids go back. I guess That's how ours is. Yeah, yeah. I think they're more expendable little kids, apparently. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Easier to replace. Well, they're smaller, so when you bury them, you don't need as much of a hole. And like, so I think that's how they're probably thinking about it. But no, I mean, I obviously don't know the idea behind why it's okay for little kids, but not 
older kids. I, none of it makes sense to me. I actually think we're all in a situation that none of it makes sense. Like everything you try to do doesn't make sense. Like in my opinion, you either have to say it's over by, and by over meaning we're just going to all go back and do what we used to do and people are going to get sick or you got to keep, you know, you got to keep doing what you're doing. I don't see where the the middle ground confuses the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, Kristen, it's like starting with a condom and halfway through going, I had it on for over half the time. You it know, worked. the rest of this is probably going to be fine. Uh, you know, like, and by the way, if you're only going to wear it half the time, don't take my advice on this, but I'd wear it the second half, not the first half. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> well, that's the part where the magic really happens. Um, and so it, at least, you know, in, in the confines of the condom. And I don't, I didn't mean that until I said it. Now I love the pun. But, um, <laughs> but, but so I just really don't, um, I don't know. Like I get, I, I wear a mask everywhere. I stay distant from people. I still, you know, I clean my hands um, mm-hmm. very, very carefully when I go out. Uh, you know, you're in the grocery store and somebody like intersects you, you stop. You're like, go ahead. You, you know, like, like there's all that still going on. I think if there was a fight in a grocery store right now, which I, obviously now you all know the secret that I only ever go to the grocery store, but because these are my only examples. But uh, but if there was a fight and like somebody was like, I'm be like, oh, that kid's beating up that kid. That's not fair. I'd be like, oh, well, and I'd walk away, you, you know, but like six months ago, I would have just grabbed one of them and like, what are you doing? And you like, so yeah. there's that kind of stuff and having said that like i don't know like i i mean if anybody claims to know anything about this i think you're hoping more than understanding so it's either going to be terrible or it's not some places might be okay and some might not and i don't know how the hell you think you're going to guess which is which so i'm i'm super interested like i love using your kid as a test case so let's get him in there Great, thanks. I I like the HKD, but I don't know if I want to visit them yeah, that often. You're not heading over. I mean, I, listen. I think at this point for children, the mm-hmm. idea that you know they can be asymptomatic and fine, or fight it off pretty quickly, or obviously have not been a big part of people who have been you know uh, ill yeah. and, and and really really impacted by it is is pretty obvious from the data. But I I do wonder about that next step. Like you know is you know, I'm not wishing this on you, but like, is Caleb going to grow like horns in it when he's 35, you know, out of the side of his head or something like that? And they'll be like, oh, those are those Corona horns. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's all the kids that went back to school in 2020 got those. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> We'd be doomed because we got a preschooler too. So, oh, yeah. Well, they'll kill each other when they have you ever seen Rams run into each other. It's vicious. Oh, no. Well, they already try to do that without the horn. So that's hilarious. So tell me a little bit about Caleb's, um, uh, diagnosis, if you would. Okay, it's time. You've thought about it long enough. I mean, it's not even a commitment. What are you thinking about? You're just asking Omnipod to send you a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. That's not a commitment. That's, uh, you know, you get something fun in the mail and you give it a try. Myomnipod.com forward slash juice box to get that going right now. When you get there, it really is just a couple of moments of information, and then Omnipod, with much glee in their hearts, sends you out a free no-obligation demo. You try it on, you decide if you like it, and then you move forward or you don't. It's that simple. Would you like to experience everything that comes with insulin pumping, including temp basal increases and decreases, 
extended boluses for those tough meals like pizza and pasta. If you're MDI, you're probably injecting multiple times through those meals, but you don't have to do that with the Omnipod. And with the Omnipod, you get to do it tubelessly. All of the other pumps are connected to a controller by a long piece of tubing that delivers the insulin from the controller to the site. But Omnipod is all in one. It's tubeless, it's self-contained, and it's worth understanding what it is. So have them send you a free no-obligation demo. It's that easy. A pod experience kit will show right up at your house. You can try it on, wear it, do whatever it is you do in your life, see if it's for you. If it is, great, and if it's not, no harm, no foul. You tried. Just imagine an insulin pump that you can hide with your clothing or wear out loud and proud. It's up to you. It has no tubing. You don't have to take shots all day anymore. And when you're having those tough meals, you can manipulate your basal insulin or do whatever you want. It's, it's all within your control. You're in control of your insulin, basal and bolus. It's huge. You know what else is huge? Hmm? Nope, not that. The Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. You want the Dexcom G6. You need the Dexcom G6. I am putting you in a trance right now. You're listening to my very deep voice, and my very deep voice is saying to you, get a Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Look, that's it. You've been hypnotized. I don't even have to keep talking. It's already over. But just in case that didn't work, Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Go find out about rise and fall rate alarms. Find out what it means to be able to see your blood sugar, speed and direction right there on your cell phone, Apple and Android. Learn the joy and goodness of no finger sticks and no calibration. Would you love it if someone could see your blood sugar from afar? Hmm? Would you like to see your child's blood sugar while they're at school? or your wife's while she's sleeping, or anybody else in between, Dexcom users can share their blood sugars with up to 10 followers of their choosing. It's amazing. I could whip open my phone right now and tell you that Arden's blood sugar is 103. I am nowhere near Arden, but I know what her blood sugar is, and I know that it's stable. You could have that too. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. And don't forget that Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. Myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Round out the trifecta. Go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box and throw in your information with that survey. Make a difference in people's lives with type 1 diabetes while you're supporting the podcast. It's 100% HIPAA compliant and totally anonymous. You can drop out at any time. Links to all of the sponsors are available at juiceboxpodcast.com, where they're right here in the show notes of your podcast player. Let's get back to Kristen. He was three years old, so we've, we've passed two years, and um, we noticed him going, you know, peeing a lot. He was wet in the bed, and he had already, you know, he was doing really well with potty training and stuff, especially at night. And so we just chalked it up to he's just sleeping too hard. He can't wake up. And, um, he was drinking a ton of water, like just dying of thirst. And, um, so we called the doctor and we had spoken to one of the nurses. This was on a Saturday and they're like, well, just we'll schedule a time for him to come in, come in on Tuesday. 
this was in April of uh, 2018. And, um, so we we go in just kind of like be bopping along. It's the end of the day. We're the last appointment, and they do a um, finger prick, and then they did a urine test, and his blood sugar was like two hundred twenty four, and which um, in the realm of things compared to other kids, I found out is not too awful. Right. And um, he uh, the doctor called the endocrinologist um, at CHKD and spoke with them. And they, uh, it was a lot of information real quick. It was very, very end of the day. It's the doctor and us in the office. And he said, um, Caleb's pediatrician. And he's like, so I spoke to this doctor and um, y'all need to go ahead and pack your stuff. Somebody's going to need to stay with him the night at CHKD and they'll fill you in on what's going on. It's looking like he's got diabetes. And um, that was it. And my husband and I are just completely in shock. Caleb's still mad that he, you know, got a finger prick and that hurt. <laughs> and um, and then he had no idea what was about to come for him. <laughs> we actually um, got all packed up. And I... We got him in the car and we went to Chick-fil-A and got him, we still laugh about it. We got him a chocolate milkshake um, on the way to the hospital. And we had no idea what chocolate milkshakes do to blood sugars or anything. And we were just trying to make him happy. We didn't understand what was going on. Got to the hospital. They got him in. They um, did all the blood work and everything. That was probably one of the most traumatizing things for him and for me to sit and deal with. And they told us like officially the next day, we spoke with the diabetes educator, uh, Debbie Miles, who is amazing. And she just threw a ton of information at us. And um, we had trainings all day that Wednesday, Caleb hung out with a friend of ours, actually, that came in and um, sat with him and like, the playroom they have upstairs. And, um, I spent the night with him and we started trying to learn how to do the whole dosing with insulin. And he was so teeny that he had to get the diluted insulin. Mm. And so, um, they were trying the teeny tiny little syringes and my husband and I are like, you know, what the heck is this? How does this work? I didn't understand the calorie, the carb counting and the ratios or anything like that. And I just remember every two seconds crying because, you know, I thought I had done this to my kid. And then, um, we got a little more, I think we got a little more, uh, education that Thursday and they actually told us because he was so small, they were like, you know what, you need to try a pump. And I know a lot of people say that their doctors make them have, you know, diabetes for so long and you have to get used to doing insulin, um, you know, injections and stuff. But Dr. Jerisco was wonderful. And he's like, no, let's just try a pump. He's got such small amounts anyway. I mean, he's getting minute amounts of insulin at first. Mm -hmm. And um, so we started the Medtronic and they told us about the CGM and everything. We got a loaner and we learned how to use the pump. We went home with the loaner that Thursday. My husband and I probably called the emergency number like three times from Thursday to like the following Monday. (laughs) <laughs> when we went back to get, just because, you know, he, his range was a hundred to 180 was his safe range at the time. And then if he was over 250, you know, check ketones and do all these other things, 
And, um, and I remember he'd hit like 252 and we'd be like, oh my gosh, she's going to die. What do we do? And so we'd call the, the doctor on call and they're like, it's okay. Just give, you know, give him some water, give the insulin time. We were still learning, you know, we had to bolus him after he ate because he was picky and we were still trying to figure out what foods he would eat and what was safe. And, um, and he eats anything he wants, but at the time, how much he would eat. And yeah. so, um, and then we got set up later the next week with his CGM and with the Medtronic and the, the guardian and then, um, his own pump and everything. And he, um, I ended up, I had to quit work because I was the full-time caretaker and he was in preschool at the time and he was not allowed to be at preschool without somebody. They weren't licensed or anything to help take care of him. And, um, so I went every, every other day to preschool with him and I would hang out for three hours while he did his classes and stuff. And I would bolus him for his food and snacks and stuff. And, um, and that was our whole spring. And then he was, and that was it. And then the next year, his preschool was wonderful and they actually got licensed on giving him his, um, his insulin doses. They learned how to use his pump and everything. That's great. And so, um, we kind of signed, you know, signed his life away that we trusted them to do it. And he uh, finished out two years, um, well, one and a half years of preschool. And when we, we traded to the Omnipod and the Dexcom, because my husband listened to your podcast a long time about it. And um, we were tired of the tubes and just the site changes took forever. And it was just a, a whole lot. And we weren't happy with how accurate the CGM was at the time. And he was just, we were just annoyed with it. So we tried the Omnipod and the Dexcom absolutely love the way that we do everything now so much easier. And he, even Caleb has said he likes it. There's no, there's no tube he's not getting caught on anything. And he, he helps out with his site changes and, and everything. And Chris, we got a little routine down and uh, yeah. Do me a favor. Just, just take one pause right here. Yeah. This is where I'm going to put the ads for Omnipod and Dexcom. Okay. And then we'll start back up again. Okay. So. Uh, <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say that, but not only did you say it, you said it right where I was going to put the ad. And I was just like, my gosh, this is easy. Should I just do the ad live with Kristen right now? Uh, <laughs> I can for you. Can you? That'd be so funny. Can Do I say it enough that you could probably say it? <laughs> what is it? Um, I, well, I know I was thinking about the contour next test strips ad, actually. Like oh. contour next test strips. You know, if you uh, put a dab of blood and it doesn't get it all, you can do it again. And and so, yeah, every time I pick up his contour next, because we have that too, your ads are working real well. <laughs> we, uh, I think about that. So, yeah. That's so funny. I could slip into it in two seconds. The uh, episode or two ago, I did the uh, I did two ads and I didn't pause and I just did the oh. whole thing and I was done and when I got done I actually left it in the episode I was like I can't believe I just did that that was amazing <laughs> even I was <laughs> I was like I got through that whole thing I didn't make a mistake I didn't say anything stupid I was like sometimes I'll just wander off into just absolute like odd things and later I'm like I should probably just trim that up a little bit there i, I get a, i get a little drift <laughs> autopilot but i'm glad it's working and by the way if you're an advertiser you hear what uh you hear what christian's saying <laughs> yeah. 
It's not too early to talk about 2021. Give me a call. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, well, I, I guess I should ask, like, you didn't just get bullied into something by a guy on a podcast. What made you change from the Medtronic to the uh, the Omnipod and the Dexcom? So, um, actually, um, I had a student two years ago, and he had the Dexcom. And so this is my first year teaching here in my little town. And Caleb still had the Medtronic and everything. I remember seeing his Dexcom and I'm like, what is this thing? There's, you know, you don't have to finger stick. No way. And just, I mean, he, he just bebopped along. He only had the Dexcom. He was still doing the injections and everything, but I remember seeing that. And then with listening to your podcast and then my husband was, um, was talking with me about it. And we asked Caleb, like, hey, would you like to try this? What do you think about this thing? We got the little test Omnipod to try that out. And um, so he wore that around for like a day. And he's, I mean, he's five. He's more worried about playing and what kind of video games he can play and right. you know, what friends are coming over than he is what kind of pump he's wearing because that's just not his, he deals with it when he has to. Yeah, but that's think... not his world right now. Yeah. <laughs> so... We said, let's try this out. If Scott's wrong, then we'll just not listen to the podcast anymore and we won't use them anymore. We'll just go back to what we've been doing because it's, you know, the worst, worse than that would be the shots and we don't want to deal with that. Kristen, so let's just, just clarify. If I, if you don't like the pump that's the advertiser, you can still listen to the show. You don't have to like, you know, I know. you don't have to jettison. <laughs> don't give people ideas. You're like, well, if I don't agree with them once, I can stop listening. No, you're not even allowed to stop listening. Stay subscribed. Listen to every episode. These are the rules. I've, yeah, don't give people those thoughts. I'm not allowed to stop. <laughs> None of you are allowed to stop listening. There, okay, Kristen, now keep your thoughts going. Jeez. You see um, how you see how easy it is to to to, to get a thought in someone's head. <laughs> don't, don't joke about that but, stuff. Jesus. But we ended up, um, we love it. Oh. And, um, and it really has been great. It, I was kind of nervous about the Omnipod because of, his size. I mean, he's teeny, he's like 45 pounds, you know? Um, and he's just, he's always been on the smaller side and I'm thinking he's got this big old block stuck to him. He's going to knock it off. How's that going to work? And, um, it's been great. The changing sites is so much easier. We have, um, the sticky patches that we put around it and, um, he just, he does his thing. I like that we can rotate sites more because with, the pump it was kind of harder to you know you had to have like double tubes stuck in two places and trying to find the right spot and everything so with the pod we can put it in more spots and try things out that he likes and um and we like the pdm setup it's so much easier to use the the little you know phone thing that they that came with it and then we have a phone that we use for his dexcom and he just keeps it in a little a little fanny pack that he wears on his back, one of the spy belts that are for running and stuff. And he, he, you would never know. That's cool. We, he gets compliments all the time on it. <laughs> I have to ask you, so you, you, to go back just a second, like you said, you went into the preschool and for that first, that first time he was, he three then. Yes. Okay. And you kind of just, yeah. you sat off to the side or did you, I used to sit outside. Did you sit outside or what did you do? It's at a church. And so they just let me sit 
um, I would hang out like in the front foyer. Um, I ended up getting bored. And so they let me help with the volunteers, um, like setting stuff up, cutting things out, um, and just, just being around so that when the time came for lunch or snack or whatever, that I was there to be able to go help them. I see. I would have fallen asleep in one of the pews. I think I would have, I used to go out in my car and listen to the radio and just chill out. Yeah. (laughs) I was on high alert at this time. Yeah. Uh, But, oh, don't worry. I was running back and forth like an, like a moron. (laughs) You know, like there was no CGM back then. So I was like, it's time Mm -hmm. to test again. And, Oh my! I just I I do not I don't I do not remember that time as fondly as I'm making it sound. Oh. I don't think I'm saying I don't think I'm making it sound that fond, and I'm still like, oh. Uh, but you quit your job to do it, like that's pretty badass. Like you just were like, this kid's <laughs> like you never thought like, oh, he's little. We don't even know him that well. Like nothing like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. No, I, so I was a teacher, um, in another, uh, local city and, um, and it was April. And so, um, at that time, my husband and I were talking, I mean, he's diagnosed on a Tuesday. And so that whole week, you know, in the hospital and stuff, I'm, I'm dealing with that. I'm not even thinking about work. And, um, I had a student teacher at the time. So that actually helped out a lot with my room. I had somebody who was kind of in charge and they just had a sub kind of sit there and, you know, just be a warm body in there. And, um, so my students were still taken care of. I knew that. And then I remember Painting just a lovely me. picture of education. <laughs> I know we and were legally covered. Don't worry. We were legally covered. It's fine. I don't know what those kids like learned or anything, but you know, it, it, it occurred to me, you're the teacher who like, I like the kids come home and go, yo, guess what? My English teacher just flaked out and quit. Yeah, I don't know. The <laughs> kid got something and she's gone. Like it's just that's yeah. that, that's the other side of it. Wow, that's really cool. Uh, it's it's interesting to hear this side of it is what I mean. Like it's uh it, it's cuz I'm used to I'm used to yeah. the other side. Like hey, I, I I'm used to Arden coming home and going, "Hey, my uh math teacher got pregnant, so she should be gone pretty soon." <laughs> <laughs> like, you oh. know, um we uh so I ended up having to quit and my boss completely understood. She was awesome about it. And I actually went in and visited my students at the time. And the cool thing was, is this was actually a group that I had uh, looped up with. And so I had known them for two years. And so we had a really good relationship. And um, I just explained, you know, Caleb got sick and this is what's going on. And I'm crying and they're crying and so they, but I would come and visit, um, for like field day, things like that. When we still had that fun stuff in school. Yeah. And then I was able to get a job. I, we decided we were ready for me to go back. Cause we could only do so long. Like, unfortunately I could not be a stay at home parent. So when his preschool agreed that they would, cause we knew he had two more years. He's in that weird birthday time. His birthday's Halloween. So hmm. he's, he's the older kid in class. Gotcha. And so uh, when the preschool agreed to actually let him come and they get trained and everything, we said, okay, we can make it work. And so we were able to set up our daily routine and I worked, I mean, I still work. I'm sitting in my building right now, five minutes away from his preschool. So if there was an emergency, I could go and help. And um, we trained him on everything and we just had a really good texting system set up and we had like a text group among the teachers and the at the administrators there and my husband and, and me, and we just did that. So would any, would anybody feel comfortable popping into the text chain or was there somebody that was kind of leading the charge? Like you or your husband or 
How did that work? So the cool thing was my husband would, he's really good about remembering like with lunchtime and stuff. So he would say like, Hey, um, when we got more brave about giving him insulin beforehand, we would text the group and say, Hey, you know, lunch is coming up at 1130. I know it's 1115. Go ahead and give him 20 carbs and then let's see what he does. And then give him the rest after lunch kind of thing. Mm. By the time he had, and he was getting finger sticks. And so he, they would always tell us what his number was and whatnot. And we would correct or, or bolus after he ate when he was still on the pump, but with the Omnipod and the Dexcom, they would just look at his number and say, Hey, this is what his number says. Do you want us to do anything else? Unfortunately, because we were still working on getting his ratios down, he always ran a little high. We kind of let him do that for safety reasons because he's so active. So when he drops, he drops like a bombshell and he'll just, he'll go low real quick. And so um, they were normally correcting right before lunch and pre-bolusing. If there was ever anything, like we have all the bells and alarms set up where things can go off for lows and highs and stuff. But my husband was always the one to text and kind of just tell him, hey, do this for lunchtime. What, um, is it different now, the management style? Because it's funny, you said something that I, I find that people say very commonly, um, you know, blood sugars just drop out of nowhere all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and then... As time passes, I think people come to realize that their their boluses are probably like pretty severely mistimed, and it's creating an unbalance of you know the insulin uh, mm-hmm. action against the you know the impact of the carbs, and then they they're crashing because the food's getting out of their system, and the insulin's still behind, and then they feed that, and then they don't bolus, and they jump up again. That goes back and forth. Have you have you gotten better with that yet, or is that still sort of your your reality? We have, we've had some days um, from actually from listening to you is where we've made the big decision. Like we've got to start getting his numbers under control. You know, if Arden can have A1C of five, whatever, and Caleb's is eight something, we got to work on getting it down. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting better about timing and pre-bolusing and, and correcting with giving him with bolusing for his number we still rely on the on the pod and let the pod make the decision for the number. Um, we don't. I've heard you talk about, um, you know, I'm going to give Arden the equivalent of a juice box, you know, in carbs. We still just kind of rely on our ratios right now and getting those together. But the last six months, he's been hanging out with just me. Him and his sister have been bored at home with mom, and so we've really been able to hone in on his numbers because. I'm around all the time. If there is an emergency, we're not having to go run off somewhere and hope that the school nurse gets him in time or anything. Right, right. So we're, using, we're getting there. Yeah. You're using this time for, to make those adjustments. That's really cool. Yeah. I just, I'm watching this person right now, their blood sugars and I have, you know, helped them a little. And it's funny to see somebody not funny, but it's, it's interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> it's interesting to see somebody have a problem, be kind of told, oh, look, you know, this is the fix. And then you help them with it, hold their hand with it for a day. And they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Look at how stable these blood sugars are. I'm like, yeah, right. So just do those things. And then the next day they're like, 
they just fall right back into it again. Like, well, I was scared to give the insulin. I was like, oh, yeah, but we did it yesterday and you saw it was fine. And, you know, like, you know, like, um, but I don't understand what happened. I'm like, do you not understand? Or like, what is it exactly? And then they'll kind of power it back. Well, I guess we should have done this. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like, so do that, you know? Yeah. And then the, but the fear is real. Like, it's, it's like, yeah. the, it's, it's just like they've been indoctrinated to believe like this blood sugar is going to get low right here. And I'm, and I said, but it didn't the day we were together, I showed you like, look, basil's right now, put the insulin in the right place for the meals. Didn't get too high. Didn't get too low. Do it again. And then they're like, well, I don't understand. Like the last 12 hours have been a mess. And I'm like, well, no, you do understand. Like, look here, you didn't pre-bolus this meal. It led to mm-hmm. a high. Then you overcorrected, which led to a crashing low, which led to which led to you eating too much food and then not putting in insulin for it. And then you got high, and then you corrected, and now all of a sudden it's twelve hours later. And I said, yep. so you're twelve hours later trying to say like I don't know what happened. I know what happened. Twelve hours ago, you didn't pre bolus lunch. That's yeah. what happened. You know. Um, so anyway, this person's going to get it. They're real bright and they want to do it, and they're going to. And it's mm-hmm. just it's interesting to watch that resistance in the beginning to. Yep. You know what you think is going to happen and and being so wrong. I've I've come to explaining it to people. And I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast before, but I I I said I said, "Look, you know, first we're going to get your basil right, and then you're going to see that everything that happened before wasn't what you thought." I I said one time, this I feel so bad about this. I said one time to a person um who I didn't know on the phone. I said, "Imagine you've been married for like 20 years." And it's been this happy marriage and everything's fine. You got a little house and your picket fence and a couple of kids and the dog's cute. And one day you find out your husband's got three other families, <laughs> right? And, she, uh, and she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, he's got three other families. And I think I'm being like, like fantastical when I'm making this really big, crazy story. He's got three uh-huh. other families. One's in another state. Two are up the street. You know, everything you thought about your life isn't real. And mm-hmm. I said, so all of your memories and your feelings and the way that it, none of it's true anymore. And w- the next thing I was going to say was, and so, you know, when your basil's really wrong like that, you're living sort of in a lie. You're seeing things happen that aren't really what's going on. But now we're going to make your basil right. And then you're going to you're going to be able to not only get things more predictive, but you'll actually be able to trust what you're seeing. And you're going to have to give away some notions that you have that really are based on these lies. And then she starts crying. Oh. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? Husband just left her. <laughs> I was like, I was oh. like, oh my God. I'm so sorry. Actually that person's <laughs> listening. I still feel bad. Uh but um oh. it, but it was just like I, I so I have to think of another explanation because that's the one that that's the one that really like resonates with me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. because people think they're so certain what's going on. And Mm -hmm. then you fix their basil and they're like, no, I don't understand. Like, this is what's happening. I'm like, no, 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 no. He wasn't out volunteering. He, he was staying, he was staying with his family on J street right over there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, probably too much of a, of a, of a word picture. So I'm I'm working on paring it down. (laughs) I really do feel bad about that. Uh, but she, she rebounded though. And, and so, you know, I mean, listen, well, what was what was the other option? We were halfway through the conversation. She couldn't leave then, right? Um, but anyway, it, uh, so are you going to take this system from preschool into kindergarten? So we have already had his um, his IHP, his 
individualized health plan um, meeting in 504, like all in one um, with his, um, the nurse and, you know, everybody else that needs to be involved at the primary school. And so we're pretty much going to have the same kind of system on a texting basis with the nurse. We have, um, sugar mate for like numbers if, um, and that's something I have to talk to her about if she wants to have like sugar mate up where she can watch that on the computer at school. I mean, my husband and I always have the Dexcom follow stuff. And so we've always got alarms going off and, Cause I know they're busy. They're dealing with a lot of stuff right now. And so we, I mean, part of me just kind of feels like where he and I are just going to watch numbers and we're going to see if the nurse is interested in having his Dexcom follow app on her phone. And, um, because he is the only diabetic right now. No, there's, I think he's one of two, um, at the school right now for this year. And, um, so it's, it's not, you know, like 10 different kids and all sorts of alarms going off for all of them we're a small town. And so uh, we watch out for each other here. And so we're going to try the same system. We're hoping we don't know his teacher is yet. So we're hoping that she'll be really willing to talk with us and either email back and forth with me or um, our big thing is just communication because he's, he's not at the point he can't read. So I can't text him and tell him, you know, Hey, give yourself this much or anything. Um, I have to do that with the adults, but we're hoping that, they'll be willing to work with us enough and understand like, Hey, we can make your world really easy. If you'll just send us a text here and there or respond to them. And your world can be really rough if you don't, because then you're going to have a kid that's like passed out on your floor. If you're not careful and you don't listen to us. Do you, do do you think (laughs) you'll get a little more like, does it grease the wheels that you work there a little bit? So I'm not at that school, but that they know where you are though. Right? Like, like you guys are, like yes. they're yeah. Like, do you get like some professional courtesy or something like that? I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I think the big thing, unfortunately, I can be the um, I I can definitely be the squeaky wheel because I can direct calls <laughs> like work extensions <laughs> kind of thing. But um, I it does make me a lot more vocal for any diabetics at all in the system. Yeah, just because it's it's so near and dear to me. And like, I actually just got trained yesterday to be one of the people to help with diabetic students at my school. Cool. And so I can help with other children that, I mean, I already know what I'm doing anyway, but you know, now I'm official. So yeah, I think I have, it's a fine line because my husband and I are, I mean, that's our kid. We're going to take care of him and we're going to mama bear and papa bear are going to come out, but you also don't want to alienate anybody or make yourself look bad because you do have to work where, they do yeah it's um (laughs) and it sticks to you that whole like yeah Kristen's unreasonable but you you know like that thing it's hard to get rid of that Um, yeah but no I think I mean obviously I think you'll be fine I was just wondering if it if it's any easier I guess just being able to get to people is the easy part um having like closer contact but even that I guess you're you're not being treated it doesn't feel like you're being treated any differently than anybody else would be no, they're, I mean, they're really good about it. Yeah. And luckily with the 504 practice, our district requires any kids with allergies, any, anything special, asthma, they all have 504s. Hmm. I'm excited. I'm actually sitting here while you're talking about this. I'm looking at this. I have a sample hypo pen, the GVOC glucagon hypo pen. And I keep thinking mm-hmm. like the, the one reason I was excited for Arden to go back to school was so that I could look, go up to the nurse and go, look at this. 
here, you don't have to mix it anymore. You just like do this and like just click. And it's all done. And um, meanwhile, Arden's never used glucagon once at school. But I still am like, wow, that's such a such mm-hmm. a leap to put it into, you know, like this pre-mixed thing that you just kind of, I, I don't know if I'm saying it in a way that people understand, but very similarly to like an EpiPen, like an EpiPen, you just like pop the cap off and just go. Yep. And it's done. It's very cool. So um, we have the powder for him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, listen, whatever works for you is I'm just, I'm excited about this one. I think this one's interesting. So anyway, um, I, I, so you seem okay. Like you're like, now, all right, now let me paint a picture for you. <laughs> all right. Caleb's in kindergarten and you hear through the grapevine, little girl in third grade had a fever today. She went home and they're testing her for COVID. Mm-hmm. Is Caleb going to school tomorrow? Um, I have a feeling the school wouldn't let us just because I think they're, um, I mean, if the school's open, yes. And I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. But if the school, if they follow whatever procedures they've said right now, I have a feeling they'd be waiting for the results before they would Bring open back, back up. It'd be that like two to five day deal. Wow. Um, but Caleb, I've always heard there's two types of diabetics. There's the really sickly ones that seem to catch everything and they're always, you know, in the hospital or they're always at home or, and their numbers are all over the place. Or there's the ones whose bodies are like on superhero status and their pancreas is dead because their immune system's so good that it's like killed off the pancreas and it just continues to kill everything that comes at it. And, um, Caleb, I say this and hopefully I'm not you know, shoot myself in the foot. But <laughs> I'm getting an email like three weeks from now. Uh, could you take that part out about Caleb uh-huh. never getting yeah. sick? He's got the bubonic plague, yeah, uh, exactly. the measles, and an ingrown toenail. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's um, he's always been a really healthy kid. His sister's the one that's like, you know, got ear infections and fevers and stuff all the time. But um, she's not type one. But uh, I, my husband and I are kind of convinced that he his immune system is just so hardcore that it's like, you know, take that COVID. And, um, he's, he's only been, he's been to the hospital one time for his blood sugars. And it was because he had a three day stomach virus and we just could not, he couldn't keep anything in and we hadn't learned the whole glucagon, you know, mini doses or anything yet. Yeah. So we got to hang out with endocrinologists at CHKD again for three days because he couldn't keep food down and his numbers, he just kept staying low. We couldn't get him up. Yeah. Um, so I'm certainly not trying to talk you out of it. I'm just, I, you know, I think it's, first of all, I, it's a personal choice and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it sounds like yours is as well thought out as anyone else's. I, I just, you know, I'm wondering, I'm, I can't wait to find out what happens. Like, I hope it's all great. I want to get back to life. You know what I mean? Like I'm not looking to stay in my house and, um, and, and do all this forever. So if, if, you know, if, if there's a path back, I, I'd like to be on it. That's for certain, yes. you know, um, and I don't know, like, do you think you'd give him a vaccine if one came out or do you think you would take it yourself or. So being a teacher, I've been told, um, that I'm, I'm not an essential worker, but I am because I'm, you know, the. wait a second. Teachers aren't essential workers. We're not the nurse. If you want to call it like nurses uh, kind think, of thing. We're I not that kind of level. Now, now but, we're seeing what the problem is. But, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but we are essential workers in the schools. I mean, we're, it's kind of hard to fill the spot if 
people are sick. Yeah. So, um, no, the guy that drives my garbage truck is an essential worker in that garbage truck. And I think in life, like I think everybody's essential at their job, which is it's such a I understand the difference. Uh, I just I, I was what I was wondering was like, are you really not a designated essential worker as a teacher? I do not like <laughs> I don't have to come in on snow days. We can put it that way. But um, <laughs> in the realm of like vaccines and the first people to get them. Yeah. Yes, I think they haven't talked about it yet. It's not like they haven't mentioned here, like everybody will get it if it comes out. But mm-hmm. I mean, we're always the first to get flu vaccines, things like that. My husband and I personally are huge proponents. I'm the type if there was a pill that's going to fix the problem. Where is it? If there's a shot that's going to make me not feel like this, then, you know, come on, it. let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we um, we would. I'm also a teacher, so I'm all about learning and trying. And so we. We definitely have our family lined up. Let's do it. Cool. Are there, are you hearing about any teachers who fall into um, categories that may make them susceptible who are skipping going, coming in? So we have some, um, we have some teachers that are pregnant, but they're in the older grades. So they don't have students right now. Mm -hmm. So they're just continuing on and they're able to teach from their rooms without still, without kids there. We do have older teachers. I think we only have like, four in our district that have actually said like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to trust it. Sorry, right. but I'm out. But, um, I think in that case, it's like a FMLA thing. I'm not sure. Right. Everybody in my school, we're here. We're, we're ready to go. I, you have now absolutely encapsulated my thinking. I'm trying to imagine myself in 11th or 12th grade, my teacher, nine months pregnant, we're on a zoom <laughs> call, her water breaks. And oh. we, <laughs> Through Zoom, the class coaches her through the birth because the the ambulance can't get to her. This is my <laughs> this is the scenario I'm making up in my mind. How great would that be? How, oh. how great would it be if somebody actually yelled, "Mrs. Patton, Mrs. Patton, you got to move the camera. We can't see your vagina right. We don't know what to say. Like I don't know if the head's out or not. Um, it's breach. Call your cat. You need help." <laughs> Seriously, there are going to be so many great videos of kids going to school online. They're already, I I don't know if you've, all right, Kristen, I'm going to bleep this out. Okay. But there's a, there's a video online and it's, it's, there's, it's a classroom, right? It's like a, Uh it's like a high school classroom. And I swear to you, you start hearing kind of like heavy breathing and then a little commotion and a female voice says, Oh my God, you're so big. <gasps> oh my gosh. I swear to God. <laughs> I'll bleep that out for everybody. And uh, it, it was, it, I, it was absolutely, I'm like, wait, what is this? My son's like, you're going to want to listen to this again. And I'm like, okay. And so it, it's just, even in my son's own school. So I know people aren't making this up. He's in a class. And this very complicated thing is being described. And there's this boy in the class who's not on mute and he thinks he is. And so the, you know, the professor's like, so does everyone understand? Oh my gosh. And the kid just goes, no, Kathy, actually, I don't understand. I'm completely confused and worried that I've chosen the wrong major. And there's a pause and she goes, um, John, I, I don't think your mic is muted. And he just goes, he bu- he almost breaks down. He goes, "I'm so sorry. I'm just really stressed out." And I and he went into this whole thing, and I was like, "These are fascinating. I <laughs> want all of these videos to be 
pulled together on one website where I can spend a year of my life watching people say things that they don't realize other people can hear. What is it, like Zoom fails or something? I don't know. But I mean, honestly, (laughs) what are we doing? We shouldn't be filming this. We shouldn't be doing this podcast. I should be online registering a URL right now. I mean, really, there should be a YouTube (laughs) just for this because this is not going to stop. And I don't know if you've seen, you haven't seen the other side, but I have. Like, I've seen Arden shut her camera off, mute what's going on, and start a text chain with the kids in class. (laughs) <laughs> where they're talking behind the teacher's back. So it's, and, and it's just like, did, what did she just say? I don't understand. And sometimes it's that easy. Like, it's just the kids talking without like, you know, about the class, but sometimes, you know, teachers are people and they sometimes do silly stuff. And then the kids yeah. are just like, it, it, I don't know. Are, are you going to allow yourself? You have, do you have to be on video as a teacher? So we do. Um, we, we're hoping, I mean, us personally as teachers, I mean, since they can't be with us, we would like to have it required where the kids have to be on video because I mean, fourth graders, if they, um, if they lock it out and they get rid of their, their video and their audio, like they're in the next room playing Fortnite or whatever, they're not sitting there still listening. (laughs) Have you seen that guy who figured out how to make of, he made a video of himself appearing to listen to a zoom and, no. is, and playing it in front of the camera, like on another device, you can't tell. No, oh you, gosh. you cannot tell. Don't give ideas out like that. <laughs> Please, do you think these kids need your help with this? They know what uh, they're doing. They, uh-huh. they they all know what they're doing. They're making money on TikTok. They know how to. They know how to manipulate this whole thing. There's kids with careers from little booty dances. You understand? They oh. don't. They don't need me to figure. This is <laughs> anything I can figure out. They figured out three months ago. <laughs> That's so, true. But no. So, yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, um, do you have any like concern about kids recording you? Um, I will not really. Um, I mean, I don't do anything or say anything that's great enough or dumb enough to record. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I might like look kind of funny, but we're also in the work setting. So I'm not like at home, you know, rolling out of bed with a cup of coffee and my, my PJs or anything. I'm yeah. at work. I'm in my classroom. Um, like I've had to get ready for the day. And so um, hopefully they see a very, you know, put together teacher sitting at her desk talking to them and so not, too. you know, the, the, what I look like in the spring, like the mom rolling out in my leggings and t-shirt and stuff there's a homeless lady Uh, trying to teach us about social studies uh right now and she looks like she's about to murder somebody yeah that's how i would look normally i yeah but let me help you here if i can a little led light at just the right angle Uh uh-huh washes out all the wrinkles makes your double chin go away it's fantastic (laughs) you absolutely have to invest in just a small little light you want those kids to click on and be like you know, our teacher looks like a movie star over there. Like, you know, just, <laughs> but no, I figure there's going to be screen grabs and they're going to be writing on your face with mustaches. And, you know, yeah, I, mean, I feel like that's what I would be doing if I was a little kid. <laughs> whatever they, you know, whatever they do, as long, my thing is, as long as they, they get if the they information. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how do you test remotely in a way that makes you feel like they're not cheating? So we actually have um, some platforms. Um, Google is awesome because you can do Google Forms and you can have quizzes through there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it like automatically grades it for you. And then we have a um, system that we use um, called Power Test, and um, it's 
like you put all these tests, sort of like our SOLs here in Virginia, and um, you put everything in on there and the kids log in and then the kids, it automatically grades, it shoots out their data to you. And um, it's, but it's like locked out, like their screens locked out when they're in it, they can't try to like go on Wikipedia and look up the answer really quick or anything. Um, but at home, we, we kind of have a benefit of the doubt. We're trusting that they're doing what they're supposed to do and that there's an adult around making sure that they don't have the textbook open while they're doing the test. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I mean, you can't be a hundred percent certain. We're just, we're, we're just little by little chugging along, yeah. seeing how it'll work. No, I hear you. It's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I want to be clear. I would cheat my absolute head off if I was in that situation. <laughs> um, and uh, I just, I remember who I was back then and I would absolutely mm-hmm. cheat like in just in a, in a vicious way. Uh, I, I, it's just, <laughs> I mean, I, listen, you're doing everything you can, obviously everyone's doing everything they can, but this is, I, I have to say too, I do think that an unintended um, good thing from kids having texts is that when they get home, I see them like they'll get confused and they'll start a text chain. They'll be like, listen, I don't understand problem number six. And there are some kids mm-hmm. who just want the answer. But there's always like one kid who's like, no, you could understand this. I, I could explain it to you. Like k- children are going to be really good at working in groups, mm-hmm. I think, is an unintended, uh, an unintended, you know, benefit of this kind of concept of them being able to quote unquote cheat. And, and it's, it really is interesting like to, to watch how, how things are changing. And at the same time, they're not as, they're not as good as we hope in some places. And they're not as bad as we think in some places too. It's uh, it really, it really is something else. Um, You know, I have, I have a lot of hope. So, uh, Oh, there's also a video online, by the way, I, I don't, I think it's a South American country. I can't think of where exactly. Um, and they're having like a, a a political meeting of you know like the people who run the town, and mm-hmm. one one lady just rolls out of the shower, and her camera's on and she doesn't realize it. Her phone's propped oh. up and she thinks she's listening, but it's the the video's on and she just butt naked just walks out of the shower. Oh. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that <laughs> so, won't happen. No. <laughs> I just, I'm telling you, like, this is, this is the oh. year of videos that you're going to look at online and go, oh my <laughs> God, this is fascinating. Uh, so, oh. but yeah, absolutely great stuff. Well, listen, can, good luck, first of all, seriously, uh, in figuring out a pathway. Is there any concern that this doesn't end or do you guys feel like in the spring, what's the, what is the long-term like outlook for how long you'll be doing this, I guess is my question. So our students are locked in um, for the first semester. So they had to make their decision on hybrid or virtual um, through the end of January. And so um, they, what we've been told is that we're going to reassess and they did like parent surveys to figure out what parents were willing to do and wanted to do. And so we were told that they'll do surveys, I guess, um, right before Christmas or right after or something. And um, they'll, see, you know, where are the cases? Have they blown up and they're crazy now? Or are we, are we at like 52 compared to 50 or something mm-hmm. um, where we are now? And they'll go from there. So um, I have been told that you're going to have families that can keep virtual the whole time. And then um, I'm pretty sure if we've gotten into hybrid and we're actually 
in school every other day um, and our groups flip-flopping, then they'll continue that. Um, my hope is it'd be amazing if this vaccine, you know, a vaccine came out and everybody starts getting it and everybody's like, all right, let's do this. Cool. And everything opens back up and it's, you know, it's like Disney world and magically everything is just amazing. And we're back and spring is normal. And, that's and it. Yeah. but, um, we just, we got to bide know. our time and see. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I have to say that, um, I think that all schools and, and, industries and everyone is doing a reasonable job of being like look we're really hopeful like we'll see in a week we'll see in two weeks we're going to keep going you know everyone is staying very flexible which is which i i think is interesting although i think it doesn't look flexible from the outside i think sometimes you're like they promised this and they knew they weren't going to do i don't think anybody knows anything You, you, you know i think whatever they think today very well could be bad information in a week or two and yeah you know i it's um well listen it's obviously sucks and it would be very nice to go back to school and um and to work and to all the other things so yeah i have my fingers crossed i i hope it i hope it goes well um but you know thanks yeah yeah right i hope it goes well for you specifically and for all of us actually uh yeah. is there anything we didn't say that you were hoping to talk about i took you on like a very <laughs> twisty windy road but i actually feel like we got everything out that you that you were hoping to talk about but am i wrong uh, no, um, I think the the biggest thing that I wish that um, parents out there, I'm on a lot of parent boards on Facebook and all the parents are like, what are you doing with your kid? And is your kid going to school? And all these parents are, you know, like, no, my child's not going to school. And, you know, this this disease is bad enough. And they everything is blamed on diabetes. And um, I feel like when you start doing that, your the kid kind of feels like, well, we couldn't go on vacation because of my diabetes or, you know, we couldn't have cake at grandma's birthday because of my diabetes. Like parents got to remember their, their kid, there is a child first and you don't always have to involve, you know, kids are kids and you don't always have to let them be privy to adult um, discussions. And so if you decide as a family, Hey, we're not going to go to school we're going to do virtual, then don't just say, well, you know, cause little Johnny's got diabetes and, um, even though he's well-managed and he's, you know, been sick twice in his life, he's not going to go. Don't always try to, you kind of make the kid feel like they're at blame if, um, if you're not careful. So your point, your point is, is that do whatever you're going to do, but whether it's around Corona or anything else, don't turn to your don't turn to your kid and go, well, you know, we saved up. We were gonna go to Turks and Caicos, but we don't know how to keep your insulin cool, so we can't go. Like it's you know, like exactly. don't yeah, don't put it on that. Even if that is your reason, although that'd be a strange yeah. reason because there's a lot of <laughs> easy ways to keep insulin cool. But but um but even if that is your reason, don't let the kids think that's the reason. And 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 kind of be cool about it. You gotta be an adult in in those scenarios. I, I'll tell you, it's funny because as you're talking uh, uh, making your point just now, I, I think that the one caveat for me that's that's bigger, like I think it fits in all of the explanations you used, and it, and I can see where it doesn't fit in the in the COVID explanation because there really mm -hmm. is there is an unknown that you're just not like you live in a place where you said like you said there's like 50 cases, but yeah. I live in a place where there were a lot of cases, 
and mm-hmm. and you know there are people who were in New York City or Florida or other places where you know California's still getting overrun I think um where the the situation's different so it's situational too and it is. and and I think nobody what you're seeing online with people just like what are you doing they're just dying for someone to give them some direction y- yes. you know like anybody just say something that that I can that I can believe in and and you know kind of hook my wagon to and I think I honestly believe that there's no there's no way to know how this is going to go. This could end up being nothing for somebody and, it, you know, and it could end up being the end of someone's life. And and then you get caught in that weird conversation where, if you know, how many kids dying is OK with us? Like that's that, you know, like in and, you know, where where's the line? Like, where do you draw a line? Who gets to draw the line? And so I think that's yeah. why it's America and you get to decide, you know, so it's a, there's personal freedom. And, you know, yep. if, if you're not, if, if your personal freedom is not completely, um, you know, is not hurting someone else, then you're good. But you, you know, whether it's Corona or anything else, your personal freedom doesn't get to outweigh my personal freedom, I guess is, is the, it's, uh, is the way I think about it all the time. Um, yes. aside of this as well, just, you know, I have free speech, but you can't yell something that, you know, you know, the old adage, you can't yell fire in a theater and then I get trampled. That's, that's not free speech. <laughs> yeah. That, that's just not nice. <laughs> so be nice. <laughs> <laughs> just be nice, damn it. Um, it is, it's a weird thing to feel like you're protecting someone else. Like that's not a position we find ourselves in very often. Like I'm wearing a mask so you don't get sick. Not so I don't mm-hmm. get sick as much. That's a I think that's a uh, an easy idea for people to wrap their heads around and some and for some people it's just not. We were somewhere recently in a store and there were thirty people in this kind of large warehouse space. It's you know, nobody was anywhere near each other. Mm-hmm. Everyone had a mask on, with the exception of this one person who had the mask, but just was wearing it around his neck and it it it, it wasn't by mistake. He didn't forget. Like he walked in as soon as he got past the people who were running the store, he purposely pulled this mask down over his neck. Now, I don't know the guy's scenario, you know, situation, but it 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 started to feel like, uh, go ahead, somebody say something to me. I dare you. Like uh-huh. it, it started having that vibe about it, and I'm like, I I was finding myself thinking, like, look, man, I don't know, I mean, I don't know how much this mask is helping anybody or not helping anybody, but just what are you doing? Like, why are you making everybody? It was almost like he walked in. With a zipper down, and was just like, "Go ahead, someone say something to me about it." I dare you to, and it was it was very strange, and he was, it, huh. it just it was a weird feeling to be around, and I don't even know how to put it into context for our conversation, honestly, other than it it, it just felt strange, and yeah. I don't know, I don't know if he's right or I'm right, or you know, it, could we all have been in there without a mask? I don't think so, um, but I don't know, and I don't know how long this is going to last either. I think that say like we put a lot of arbitrary stops on things like it'll be all right by the fall. It'll be all right by the summer. It'll be all right by the spring. Like I think it's all right when it's all right. And you know, I, I would agree. Know, I don't know when the hell that is. Whole thing's confusing. It's I'm going <laughs> to curse. Uh, <laughs> really is. Very much so. <laughs> so do you think my last question, I'll let you go. Do you think sure. that kids are going to come out of this year of school with the same level of understanding that they would have if they were in person? Is there a way to do that? Um, I think it depends on the kid. There are 
kids learn all sorts of different ways. And some kids, you know, they, they walk by a book and they learn everything that's in it. I mean, you're going to have the kids that are really into the virtual and that's just where they shine and they, you know, they're little sponges and they soak it all up. You have kids that um, are in the classroom. We're going a lot slower. Our pace has to be slower because it's, we're trying to keep pace between virtual and our, you know, in class at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, you're, it just, I think the big thing is, is there, I heard somebody talked about it. It's like, everybody's trying to say, you know, all these kids are, you know, they're not going to know everything. Well, guess what? Everybody's going to be in that boat. It's, it's not like it's your one kid who worked out in the fields for a year and didn't go to school at all. And everybody else went to school. Now they're behind. It's not like that. Everybody's in the same boat unless you're homeschooling and that's, you know, you're doing your own thing. So all the kids are on the same, the same kind of playing field. And they, we just got to trust that they have parents at home that are willing to support them if they're virtual and hanging out and, that they're making sure they do their work and listen and not text in with a group of friends while the teachers talk in. And then you're going to have kids that in the classroom that are doing awesome because they're glad to be in school and they're able to interact with the teacher, even if they have to stay six feet apart and um, that they're just happy to be here. They're, they'll soak up anything and they want to listen to anything that the teacher says, because it's a different adult than, you know, mom and dad that they've seen all, all summer. Um, so everybody's everybody's in the same boat right now. Yeah. Um, that you can't, that um, idea of incremental growth is, is, is what I took from what you just said is really interesting. Like there's, I think I think it's easy to feel like there's a, a grouping of information I learn in fifth grade and a grouping of information I lose yeah. in sixth grade. And and if I if I miss one of them, I fall on behind. And and now oh gosh, like it reminds me of. Um, uh, like preschool is a great example. Like, you know, mm-hmm. at some point it became okay to learn how to read in kindergarten, you know, but, uh, uh, but at some point people were like, well, I could probably teach my kid when they're four to read. And then the first four year old who knew how to read made everybody else go, Oh my God, I got to get my kid to learn how to read by the time he's four, because it'll be behind. Like as if that would yep. make a difference. And I guess this really is the same idea. Like we're like, you know, everybody's going through the same thing. There are going to be some people who shine and some people who would have shined who might not and vice versa. But that's just natural selection for the moment. Really? That's so yeah. interesting to think of it that way. See, that, was that cool. way outside of this too. I yeah. Mean. Yeah. Some people are, are, are surging for, I, I'll tell you seriously, this podcast is a great example of that. Um, in February, February, let me take a look real quick. I'll make the point to you. So, um, I have to pull it up real fast. In, I can look at the whole year real quick, just to look. So I run the numbers for the year and look at it by the month, right? So as mm-hmm. January started, I, I had the best month I ever had. And in February, it did better. And in March, it did better still. And I was like, ooh, I'm, I'm experiencing some growth. Then Corona and April dropped down like something like, I think it was 14% at the time, like total downloads. And I was like, Oh God, like, is that it? The podcast not work anymore. You, you know what I mean? No. Like, like, like what's going on. And, and then I saw some reporting from, from reputable podcast hosting that said that 
podcast listening was down almost like 18%, I think. And I thought, oh, well, at least I'm not 18%, you know? And then the next month, it was right back to where it was in March. And then the growth continued, June, July, August. And I thought, oh, okay, this is cool. But then I checked back in with the, you know, the people who keep track of stuff like this. And a lot of podcasts are are still really faltering and they're failing. And so Mm -hmm. even that's random. Like my topic apparently is something people are still willing and to listen to, even though life has changed. But there were other topics where people were like, no, I only listen to that when I commute or I only listen to that. in, And they just stopped. It just it stopped for them. And so some people grow and some people don't. And it just I guess it's not something you can really control. Like it's just there's going to be some luck of the draw in this. It's interesting. Hmm. All right, there's a lot to consider here, Kristen. We're not going to fix the world today. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on and telling Caleb's story and 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 sharing how you handled you know preschool and and I I love it. Like it's just I I love that interaction. The one thing I didn't ask you was, is have you seen a decrease in A one C and an increase in stability over the the couple of years? We're getting there. Yeah. His, uh, his body, you know, diabetes, yay, um, throws us for a loop every once in a while and he'll have, it just depends on how active he is. We're finding out. Okay. If he's active, his numbers seem to be great and his ratio is really good. And he, he has this good flat line. Um, and then if he has days where he's like vegging out on the couch or just, you know, kind of hanging out, then he'll be higher. And, uh, so we're, we're still just trying to get that figured out. We're really hoping that just him being in the school environment and, and up and active and doing things will that his ratios and his basal rates and stuff are perfect for that kind of day. Yeah. No, I, I, I had the same thing when Arden stopped going into school. Um, I, her insulin needs changed pretty drastically in different ways than you're describing, but yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. Like you almost need a, a sitting around basal rate and a up and moving basal rate, you know? And we have that. We have weekend versus weekday, and we've found his his body is kind of different. Like he doesn't really drop while he's active. Like if he's running out at the beach or something, he's fine. It's like the hours after is where he'll start to drop, mm-hmm. and we have to change his. We have to decrease his basal after the activity, and um, and I know some kids it's like during the activity or something, but or for him. We've had days where if he's really active one day, the next day his numbers will be lower, and it's like his body's just got to have a chance to catch up. Have you have you no tried um, taking basil away prior to activity and getting into what I guess some people would call like a neutral, like no basil during the activity situation? Have you messed with that at all? It's hard, I know, because the activity sometimes does not present itself as like, we're going to be active in an hour, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for example, like we would have, well, lots of pool days and just hanging out in the backyard and my kids would play in this little kiddie pool and they'd go crazy for like two hours. And I would have days where I would try to get his basil down before he started. I really would never take it away. I would just decrease it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. and. Still, he would either ride high afterward and his body's like, haha, yeah, right. You know, you thought you were doing something right. And then we would have days where he, I would not mess with it at all and see what happens. And then all of a sudden we're like throwing juice boxes at him 
three hours after he got out of the pool or yeah so he uh his i don't know his body is it's like it's on a leg <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah it almost sounds like in that scenario you need to have like a a much lower basal rate like as the activity ends into the many hours afterwards mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah. yeah well good luck i hope you figure it out that is uh Thanks. it does not sound like fun at all in any way just so in case you're wondering <laughs> there's, there's nothing fun about what you just said i really do appreciate you doing this I really want to wish Kristen good luck as she heads back to school, and for all of us, honestly. I hope that whatever you're doing or have to do or need to do is safe for you and something that you're comfortable with. I realize it's a really difficult time, and it's genuinely hard to know what the right thing to do is. So good luck to everybody. Thanks so much to Omnipod and Dexcom for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Please go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox and Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to learn more about those sponsors. And of course, T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. Oh, geez, I almost forgot. Do you want to hear something bizarre? So I just put up the episode, How We Eat Vegan Cat with Jordan. If you haven't heard it, it's fun. And uh, later that night, like the same day I put it up, right? Later that night, I get a, a notification from the the website I use to run my giveaways. And they're like, hey, your giveaway's over. Choose a winner. So I'm like, all right. So I go to the website and I take my mouse and I click and I say, hey, pick a winner. And it goes, does whatever it does. And boom, you know who wins? Jordan. Isn't that not crazy? Here's why. I recorded that episode with Jordan six months ago. Put the episode up with her that day. The giveaway ends. The magic machine picked Jordan's name crazy is what it is blew my mind i was like i just sat here i was like what mysticism is this anyway jordan got what did jordan get i might forget what jordan got hold on a second jordan got a sweatshirt from the podcast the uh know the signs sweatshirt which has got the list of you know all the signs of symptoms of type 1 diabetes on the back she got a bunch of dexcom swag a bunch of omnipod swag a really cool Dexcom t-shirt was in there and on an Omnipod shirt that I think uh, for Dash, like a pretty red. Arden says they're very soft. She has one. She got ooh, a bunch of stuff from Touched by Type 1. They're going to be sending her stuff. Lily's chocolate gift pack. And I understand, Jordan, uh, that Lily's might have put a little extra chocolate in that gift pack. So look for that coming up. Jordan won a 30-minute consultation with Jenny Smith. And, I mean, just the, you know, just the good feeling of winning, I guess she got too. Anyway, thanks to everyone, almost 3,000 entries. Thanks to everyone for helping me to celebrate the 2 millionth download of the Juicebox podcast. I don't know what we'll do with 3 million, but if um, what I'm seeing is any indication, we won't have to wait a year to find out, which I guess really should make me say thank you so much for sharing the podcast with people because it is growing exponentially, and I have all of you to thank for that. Every time you share the podcast on Instagram or Facebook or tell a friend about it, the show just gains more and more listeners and people seem to enjoy it and they stick around and listen. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I I can't, I don't know what else to say other than thank you. But 2 million is crazy. I can't wait to get to 5 million. 5 million. I think we can get to 5 million pretty easy. Let's see if we can't do that. I'm betting we can.